Hello lovely people and welcome to the Like I Care podcast with me, Soph Beresford. On today's episode we are going to be talking about sobriety. Now straight out of the gate, I do not live an alcohol-free life and in no way am I suggesting by putting out this episode that I do. But I have just noticed that more and more people seem to be opting for a sober lifestyle which is why I wanted to talk about this topic in more detail. I am sure anyone who follows Melody will understand why I asked her, of all people, to come on the podcast to talk about sober living. For those of you who might not know who Melody is, she's a straight-talking sober podcaster from Southampton who is undoubtedly one of sobriety's biggest fans. Last year, Melody actually launched her own podcast, Hi I'm Sober, to help people who may be reassessing their relationship with alcohol and are or are looking to live a sober life. In every episode, Melody interviews people at every stage of their alcohol-free life to inspire, educate and empower people who are on a similar journey. Now, if you have listened to this podcast before, you will know we like to use some fruity language. So, if you're easily offended by swear words, this might not be the podcast episode for you. Right, well now we've done all of the necessary housekeeping, let's get stuck into the episode. Melody, how are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? Lovely. I am good for a what? What are we on? Oh, Thursday's quite a nice day actually because like you're nearly Thursday. at the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I know it, this is going to sound really bad, but Fridays are just one of those. You know, uh, where I work, a lot of people don't work Fridays. Yeah. <laughs> Very quiet. Yeah, and I can get on with my job. Perfect. I am and have been very excited for us to chat because. What I like about the podcast is when uh, it's a subject that I don't really know a lot about. I mean, I follow a lot of sober accounts for somebody that isn't sober because yeah. I just think it's fascinating. It's, it's so, even if it's not necessarily for me, just to learn about, mm-hmm. you know, people in my life that have decided to go sober, how can I support them, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I think sobriety, as I'm sure we'll touch on, is becoming increasingly popular, again, for mm-hmm. reasons I'm sure we'll touch on. And you're very much like me. You'd like to say it how it is. So I just thought, what mm. a beautiful combination. Yeah, yeah. Bring us together. Put <laughs> the walls no, right. Yeah, I'm, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, I have my own podcast. So it's a very welcome change. And I'm sorry if I go into just interviewing you. Slap me on the wrist <laughs> if I just start asking questions. Like, Mel's, this isn't yours. I'm like, no, people aren't interested in me. They are interested in you. <laughs> but for, before we get into all that sort of stuff, I ask everybody that comes on, just to you know make things a little bit more lighthearted what they don't care about given that the con- the content of the podcast is what I do care about so what do you not care about so you said to stay away from things that are controversial and well within reason be, but I'm going to keep it quite lighthearted mm. I don't care about calories right and it has been I mean I I've had some teenage times where all you want to be is as thin as possible and then you realize Mm. that your weight isn't what's important about you and sort of the thinner you are isn't the happier you are and today I had the realization that we I'm going on a holiday in two months touch every piece of wood around you um, and it will be the first holiday I've ever been on where I'm not thinking I need to lose weight to go on that holiday amazing so just all of it calories diet culture any bloody 
anything slimming world up your ass none and i just think that's a wonderful headspace to be in and i wish that more people were that way inclined yeah absolutely i mean i know that you um you follow jen and i'm back training mm-hmm. with jen again who yeah. um if anybody's listened to the podcast she's been on before and it's just very different they taught me so i did the whole slimming world thing and i just mm-hmm. came away thinking i'm a fat piece of shit every time and mm-hmm. i was like wow this is just not doing wonders for my self-esteem. and i'm paying for it <laughs> exactly i'm literally going somewhere for somebody to say oh you should feel crap about yourself and going here you go here's whatever it was 10 quid a week or whatever um and then walking away and you know training with jenna feels very different because i'm not in, I'm not scared to enjoy food anymore yeah. and I've, I've you know I've managed to work it into I've managed to work it into my life so yeah it's um I get you I love that one <laughs> now on to you yay so I, I think it probably makes sense to start at the beginning what led you to becoming Soma I oh, how far do you want to go as far back as you would like to really it's up to you Alcohol has always been a negative influence in my life. Um, Not necessarily always my drinking, but I grew up around a lot of drinking. I, if anybody else was sort of, uh, I was brought up by a single mum in the nineties. There was a lot of pub socializing. We just went to the pub all the time because that's what happened. And there were loads of children sort of given a packet of crisps and go and play on the super Mario machine that led to me knowing what drunk people were at a very young age and that it wasn't always a nice thing to be around. And as much as they can tell you that everyone's just happy and we're just having a great time and someone's just being silly, you just know what it is. Um, Then as I got a little bit older into my teens, there was a lot more sort of drinking going on around me that wasn't positive in the slightest. So it's always been there and has always been a sort of not very nice thing in my life. Fast forward, sort of get through my 20s as a very average drinker, um, very much weekends on the sofa, never really like an out-out party girl kind of thing, just always more than happy to drink on my own at the weekends. Friday and Saturday nights were just a bottle of wine, each night that was just it monotonous routine drinking and then if I did go out out it was too much because when you're at home and you're drinking a bottle of wine that bottle of wine finishes and that's a very definite amount whereas when you're out you don't always know how much you're drinking anyway as I got to sort of late 20s there were just still a few big things that had happened in my life where alcohol was the sort of root cause of what had gone wrong. And it's not to say that every single time I drank, something bad happened, but it was just more often than not, alcohol was making me, on the whole, more sad than it was making me happy. Alcohol was just making me more sad than it was happy. And like I said, there were a few occasions where I just felt that I didn't have control over huge parts of my happiness because alcohol was still in my life. So it got to sort of the last half of 2019 and I was doing those sort of big paragraph texts to my boyfriend to say look I'm not really happy about my drinking or our drinking or how alcohol is affecting me or our relationship I think I'm going to try and cut down um so I tried to moderate my drinking for about six months and I have a tricky (laughs) 
I don't have a tricky relationship with moderation. I don't think it exists. Fast forward to the December. It got to the beginning of December and I was like, right, the moderating isn't working. So I'm really, really going to try and concentrate on it. So I'm really going to moderate. So for me, that was three weeks of complete abstinence. A couple of days where I had two glasses of wine. So I was like, shit, I've smashed it. I can moderate my drinking. Nothing bad has happened. And then one day, just after Christmas, we went up to Derby, which is where my boyfriend is from. And I was supposed to be doing the moderating, but the moderating isn't as easy as it sounds because you have to think, when do I start drinking? What do I start drinking? Do I have a beer rather than a wine? Do I have a beer, then a water, then another beer? Can I have a glass of wine? Is the glass of wine too strong? Maybe I'll have a shandy. Maybe I'll start drinking at six. But if I start drinking at six, I probably won't be drunk enough. So I need to start drinking a little bit later. Next thing you know, it's the next day and I've had two bottles of Prosecco. The moderating didn't work. And I felt so guilty. I felt that I was the problem. I had let myself down and I was just bored of it. I didn't want to feel like a letdown anymore. So I said to him, I'm not drinking again. And it wasn't, I wasn't super hungover. So it wasn't like, oh my God, I'm never drinking again. It was, mm. I think I'm actually never going to drink again. And that was the 29th of December, 2019. And that was my one day one. Did you think the lockdown helped you to concentrate on being sober? <clears throat> so I was sober for three months before lockdown. For me, lockdown for whatever reason brought coincided with when sober Instagram came into my life so um mm. for people that aren't aware Instagram has got a huge community with tens of thousands of people who are sober and sober curious in it and it just so happened that it was March that I discovered this wonderful land of people that don't drink exactly around the time that everybody else was heading to the bottle to sort of take the pain away from lockdown and there was all the challenges and memes and everything about how like working from home we can have a wine we can do this let's get drunk every day because it's like a bit of a holiday we don't really know how long it's going to last and I didn't feel like there was anybody else out there that felt like me mm. so finding sober Instagram in lockdown I wouldn't say lockdown helped me concentrate on sobriety but it helped just finding that community at that time took the rest of the noise away for me because I was just like everybody else. I just didn't want to follow anybody that was just drinking all the time. So I just started to fill my Instagram feed with more sober people so that it sort of tipped the scales the other way. I honestly don't know a community like the sober community on social media. We're mental. I've never seen anything like it because you're just like, <laughs> everybody is a proper community you know and we like to throw the word community around left right and center but every other day there's somebody like celebrating somebody else or mm -hmm. saying you know oh they had a bit of a for want of a bit um, a relapse yeah let's give them some comfort let's give them some, some mm -hmm. support and I've never seen that I haven't even seen that in the mental health community yeah. you know it's just this force of people and it's just full of love and like support as I say and yeah I think it's you know it, it it's I think it's really really inspiring that there's so many people that are like look I know this can be really hard for various reasons because people have got their own story but actually mm -hmm. we're all here for you 
uh, yeah. we've got your back and you know it's just it's just really lovely to see and I think your podcast highlights that even more and why it's so successful because there's so many people that are looking to explore this way of living because mm. they know it's healthier for them and you've just got somebody to turn to and I just think that's just amazing it's very as much as everybody's sobriety story is their own and I use the word sober and I'm more than happy to do so I was quite uncomfortable with it in the beginning because I as everybody is very aware of the negative connotations surrounding sober and all that means that you're an addict and all of that um everybody's sober alcohol free sober curious journey is their own but there is always somebody's who is quite similar to yours so for me doing the podcast I just want to reach like tick off every single person we've had people that have been drinking first thing in the morning I've had people that whose drinking was a bottle of wine a week I've had people who didn't think they had a problem until they got sober and then they realized they had a problem it's all of these different things where you can say that person's like me and their life hasn't gone to shit from cutting something out of it Mm. there's just like I said there's so many different people on this weird spectrum of what I would say starts with your friend's mum that just has a glass of wine at Christmas to somebody who is drinking all day every day that needs to go into sort of medically induced detoxes but wherever you are your reason is valid and wherever you are it isn't as scary as you think it might be and that's why I sort of try and spread the word because my drinking if you were to write my drinking down on paper it wasn't remarkable but that doesn't mean that my life hasn't been infinitely changed for the better by quitting drinking absolutely and I think since following you and other pages I have thought I don't think I particularly got I I certainly don't have an issue with alcohol to the stage where I want to look into it Mm -hmm. but I look back and I think like when my mental health was at its worst sort of uni well not even necessarily at its worst during uni but it's when it originally kicked off because it kind of coincided with my dad being ill and just being in a fucking awful relationship but I look back and realize how much I used alcohol yeah as a crutch and Mm -hmm. just even my relationship with alcohol I'm a little bit more conscious like even the other week when me and Liam went to Glasgow we went to Mm -hmm. for a whiskey tasting yeah and I said to them in advance I was like I don't really like straight alcohol so I don't know if I'm going to enjoy this and then he taught us how to te- how to actually taste it properly yeah and I thought god I've never appreciated actual alcohol like there's mm-hmm. there's an actual art and craft to doing alcohol yeah. and tasting it and I was like I'm, I'm so used to just doing it as shots yeah because that's the culture you know it's just like shot shot shots that mm-hmm. actually I was like I enjoy I do enjoy the taste of whiskey you know, mm-hmm. but I've never actually explored that because it's only ever been introduced to me as, as I say, yeah. binge drinking shots and all that sort of stuff. So I'm always kind of learning more and more and appreciating the drinks more as opposed to how many drinks can I get in my body? It's yeah. more like, I want something that tastes nice. That actually, I can enjoy, you know, if I'm, if mm-hmm. I'm in, I'll get a, maybe a bottle for me and my friends or whatever, mm-hmm. but actually appreciating that drink and getting a drink that I like, as opposed to, right, what's going to get, how, how can I get more bottles for X amount? Yeah. Uh, just to get me smashed you know I'm not mm-hmm. interested in getting drunk anymore it's more about you know actually enjoying the drink and, spe- and I don't mind spending money on the drink yeah as in more money if I can appreciate the taste you know I'm not asked about 
it's just saying oh I got pissed last night great yeah I think there's something that I definitely struggled with in my first probably year year and a half of sobriety was everybody needs to be sober why is everybody not doing this like any amount of alcohol is bad for you but actually and I don't think I'm totally there with like accepting all people that choose to drink because my again like I said a lot of people will say like oh my drinking was the problem like everyone else can do what they want I feel as though I've like unlocked a new level of life and people that I care about I want to show them that and that can sometimes come across as patronizing and preachy and that's something that I have to learn how to get better at but I think the main thing that I now try and say to people is as long as you're mindful about what you're doing and especially the emotional connection to the alcohol so like you said if you're going through a shit time and every time you feel fucking awful you're having a bottle of wine that's not as healthy maybe a relationship with alcohol as if you've got the girls coming over for a dinner and you share a bottle of wine between you and it's just lovely and it's like social and it's all of those things there's so much that can go into it whereas if you're just looking to alcohol as a crutch for something when does it stop mm-hmm. completely agree I mean I had a situation last year and it was really it was a really hard decision to make I was going through a, quite a bad patch personally and I was invited to an event and I thought if I go to this event, I'm, I, I knew, I, I remember saying it out loud to my housemate. I said, I'm going to have to get smashed to feel comfortable in this environment because of what's going on in my head. I'm going to have to numb it out with alcohol. I know that's not good for me. I know the knock-on effects of having to do that. So the best thing for me is for me to not to go. And I didn't go. And it was, it was yeah. one of those things where you've got FOMO, you feel like you're missing out. But I thought, mm-hmm. if I have to get blind drunk to be able to enjoy something, that is not good for me. And as much as I wanted to be there for you know the people that invited me, I, knew, I had to put myself first. When you see other people doing it, like relying on alcohol, especially if you care about them, it's really difficult to not, well, not even necessarily not say something, but feel in a place to be able to go, do you think that's really working for you? It's very hard. And I think that what I try and do, especially when it comes to people who are struggling with their mental health, I don't think there is enough knowledge around the impact of alcohol and things like anxiety and as soon as you say to somebody the science behind the fact that the whole beer fear anxiety is chemically because it does relax you whilst you're drinking like facts it relaxes you the next day your body says hold on I'm out of balance because we were too relaxed last night so let's pump the gas on the anxiety it's putting more into your body if you're somebody who is struggling with anxiety or poor mental health anyway it just isn't the best thing to do so yeah I just think especially with people that I know who have mental health problems who are sort of drinking heavily that's when I really try and go in with like a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of a hug Mm. yeah and you do you do it really well you know I know I know there's the odds uh dickhead on social media that likes to put the two things worth in but I, i'm pretty convinced they just sit online waiting for something to spring on to make themselves feel better so i don't think yes. it's actually got anything to do with what you're saying i think they just <laughs> no. find, they'll find anything mm-hmm. you know so you kind of touched on some challenges that you faced to begin with are there other particular challenges that you faced with wanting to live a 
alcohol-free life and how have you overcome them? I mean, I appreciate that might be a really long list, but maybe like, you know, top two or three, whatever. No, for me, the hardest thing about my sobriety is other people. I, when it comes to not drinking, that part of my sobriety could not be easier for me. My decision is made. It is not a problem. Other people's reaction to my sobriety and not getting into arguments every single time somebody makes a dig at me for being sober people who actively try and just poke fun or I mean society would call it banter I would call it fucking read a book just yeah the hardest thing for me is other people their reaction to it me learning to it's not even try and educate people but it's just me trying to do what I want to do which is be the best example of a sober lifestyle not being shit and realizing that nobody's listening if you're shouting at them which is what I was doing for the first 18 months I was just ready to fight anybody that like if you said to me like oh actually I have a glass of wine every now and again or I went for a whiskey tasting I would have been like that ah, come on then so tell me exactly why you liked it tell me why you thought you needed it tell me what it did for you tell me what you wasted from the day after from being a little bit hungover and it's just like do you have to be a dick to try and mm. help somebody like if I thought you needed help I could say to you afterwards like okay well if you want to talk to it if you want to talk about it I'm always here mm. and that's so much better than just facts blah 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 cancer this that everything it's just mm. like so maybe self-awareness is also <laughs> the hardest thing of it yeah sitting with every single feeling that you have time time is every single hour that whoever makes time gives us you've got every single hour to fill which people struggle with because all they do is remove alcohol they don't add anything else in I mean granted I've added in an Instagram life a podcast mugs tote bags friends <laughs> socializing if you're just giving up alcohol, you need to put something in the place of it. Because I would say to people, even if I count up the amount of time I was drinking in a week, say that's six hours. If you take that away, what are those six hours? Oh, sobriety is boring. Yeah, because you're not doing anything. You're just sat on the sofa, not drinking. Anyway, sorry, I went off piste. Not Lots of things it, are hard about sobriety. <laughs> it, it did make me think, has it changed your relationships with people? Like, has it ever, have, you, have you found that some people aren't accepting you? You've kind of had to distance yourself or, you know, can't you get comments still here and there? Or, you know, I'm just curious as to whether it has changed anything at all. My social circle when I was drinking was tiny because all I did at the weekends was... I don't want to say all I did at the weekends was sit on the sofa and drink wine. But to me, that was the top level of, like, if there's an event, can I get drunk there or would it just be better to be at home so I didn't do a lot of socializing so really my closest friends if you were to ask me three years ago now they're all sober people so work colleagues are probably my hardest <laughs> my most interesting because I work with people that I've worked with for sort of five ten years I am very much the girl that gets in arguments with people got an opinion on everything and I work with middle-aged salesmen. So, hey, 
there's does. nothing wrong with having an opinion. I mean, if, to be fair, if you ask my family, they'd be like, oh, all the time. They're like, so can have an opinion. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. bloody well will. Uh-huh. So it must have changed some relationships, but I didn't necessarily lose friends because I didn't have friends to begin with. Soundbite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it's, I mean... It seems, again, it seems like such a community. You've met so mm-hmm. many people. I mean, and you and Meg, for example, Meg's yeah. been on, uh, I've written a piece about her on the blog before, yeah. um, which people might have read. You've got an incredible relationship as a result mm-hmm. of both living a sober life um, and the amount of friends you've met, you know, the alcohol-free cruises. And yeah. I know you went to an alcohol-free bar the other day. You know, you get to yeah. enjoy all these experiences together. And mm-hmm. to be able, I suppose, to be in that environment where you share that same outlook must be really comforting and actually you don't have to think about it in comparison to say for example yeah. you were in a group and you were the only sober one mm-hmm. I imagine the dynamic potentially would be different you get You're the kind always, of like just have one yeah uh, people people generally don't say that to me because I mean I run a fucking podcast called Hi I'm Sober but for me somebody who suffers with anxiety Going into a situation where, say, for example, if I go to a sober meetup, I know that there is at no point anybody is going to sort of question my sobriety. Nobody is going to, I'm not going to have to say to anybody, oh, actually, I don't drink. And that is just so relaxing. Because if you said to me, come on a night out with me and my friends, I would be thinking, right, today, am I going to go with like sarcastic answers for why I don't drink? Or am I going to say the truth? Or am I just going to brush it off? Or what do I do if somebody offers me a drink? Or if somebody buys me a drink, do I accept it? Or do I go with them to see what they're buying? Whereas when you're with sober people, they just get it. And I'm not saying that we just meet up and we just talk about sobriety. I mean, granted, that is the thing that we all have in common, but then you blossom friendships and Meg is the perfect example because people meet us and they just assume we've been friends for years and it's like no we met two years ago through Instagram but she's my best friend and my life has been such as that like I said I didn't have many friends when I was drinking but now the people in my life so my one best friend that I had from pre no wine time um is over a year sober now my mum is over a year sober now and my boyfriend is over a year sober now so just doing I don't want to take full credit for it (laughs) I will take some of the credit for it but living my life and being so vocal about it has changed those three relationships especially just for the better because if anybody knows me my a lot of my anxieties stem from other people drinking so like I said my drinking necessarily wasn't my biggest issue but if my boyfriend said to me I'm going to the pub after work I'll have one and then I'll be home my brain doesn't say okay that's fine my brain says one isn't one one is ten and then he's going to get in a fight and then he's going to get arrested but maybe he'll die that's anxiety and intrusive thoughts for you but it's also a lot of sort of past traumas that stay in you so living this life like I said and then you've got the fact that three of the closest people to me who were drinkers before who are now not drinkers I mean I'm just ticking people off 
So I'm not sure. Like that. Shit. World domination. <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose you've highlighted it a little bit with, you know, what we've just literally spoken about. But what have been the main positives for you when it comes to being sober? What 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 do you think that you've kind of gained from doing that? Feels like a really obvious question, to be quite frankly honest. But sometimes you just need to hear somebody say the obvious. No. I I cannot tell you enough that it is the best thing that I have ever done. And that is time comes back to you. So as much as I was like joking, like, what? how do you fill it? You have all of the time. Anything that you want to do, you can do it. You are in complete control. And there's a bit of a joke on Instagram that so people like everyone takes up running and everyone's doing yoga and everyone goes to see the sunrise. The fact is that you are in control of what you're doing. So if I want to spend Sunday on the sofa just watching Netflix all day, I can absolutely do that. But that's my choice. That's not been put upon me because I'm hungover. Learning who you are and not who alcohol made you become. Because even when you're drinking, if we say that alcohol takes 10 days to leave your system, I probably wasn't, quote unquote, really myself for years because I would have had a drink probably every 10 days since I was about 14 learning who you are and realizing that you are a completely different person I am so confident now the anxiety is there and it's fucking annoying but we're working on it even that I've had the bravery to get therapy whereas when I was drinking I didn't even know that I had anxiety I just thought that I thought too much going to therapy and you don't mind spending the money on therapy because you're sober so that you can treat yourself to everything your relationships are so much more meaningful and so much less problematic because when you're drinking you don't have thoughts that make any sense so if somebody's texting somebody and you sort of get in your head like who are they texting I mean that's also someone that's been cheated on in the past but what are they doing you're paranoid who are they talking to who are they looking at arguments happen that don't need to happen arguments still happen now but that's because he doesn't ever shut the fucking cupboard doors you just it is just everything and when I say that I feel like I've unlocked a new level of life that is genuinely how it feels and it isn't always perfect and I do still have anxiety but I feel so much more capable of dealing with everything And I just really like who I am now. And I like other people. Whereas before I was just this bitter person who didn't want anybody to be happy. I never used exclamation marks. I wouldn't even use the laughing, crying emoji. And now I'm like that every fucking text message because I just love joy. And before it was just like, meh, God, have you looked at her? Like everything was just negative all the time. You can eat all of the food. When you're on holiday and you're hungover, and you've got breakfast included and you can't eat breakfast because you're going to throw up. Now I can eat every single meal. That's enough. That's it. Podcast over. You get to eat breakfast. <laughs> yeah. That will always win people over. Food exactly. will always win people over. Especially people like me. I'm like, yes, <laughs> food it is. You just realise that there's, I, I think there's been so many holidays that I've wasted just entire days from where you can't go down to the pool because you're going to throw up or you're next to the pool technically but the towel is over your head and please don't talk to me and now I'm like we're going to so we I took up camping that was 
is was and is but you know freezing bloody fantastic but we're going to Rhodes in May again touch wood and I'm just going to do so much exploring because I don't have to just be drunk next to a pool all day I get to go and do things and look at ruins and eat all of the food did I mention there's loads of food (laughs) (laughs) especially in Rhodes I know I can't wait I mean what a place to go to be fair, I'd be um, dancing around the island because I've constantly got this dream that I'm going to be in Mamma Mia somehow. Um, um, I mean, that, that probably makes Liam panic a little bit because he's like, mm, well, I am your boyfriend. <laughs> um, but I just want to live my best Mamma Mia fantasy on a Greek oh. island at some point soon. We went, um, to, we went six months before lockdown um, to Corfu. And almost every day when I left our hotel room, I cried because the view was just so beautiful. Mm. I was probably a little bit hungover, but (laughs) now I'll get to really appreciate it. So, yeah, absolutely. And I think this is a bit of a segue, I suppose, with what you just said, because and I think following you and other sober pages has made me realise how normalised alcohol is you know you can go on your Instagram feed and you can count at least 10 that will reference alcohol in some way being like, oh, lol got a hangover yeah um so do you think we have an issue with alcohol in the UK and do you see it I suppose do you see it more now that you're sober it's that confirmation bias when you've bought a yellow car and all you see is yellow cars so Mm. it's always been there and every now and again I'll say on my Instagram sort of count count the times today that you see alcohol advertised or somebody mentions alcohol or drinking and it just blows my mind that there is still such a massive lack of education surrounding the damage that it can do when there was a I'm going to call him a professor David Nutt did a don't quote me on that but I really think that's right (laughs) Um, he did a study a few years ago to recategorize all of the drugs um, because alcohol is a drug. Um, mm. And when it came to how harmful the drugs were, and he had two sections on two sections on this, so how harmful it is to the user and how harmful it is to their surroundings, so society or their family. Um, and again, don't quote me, but it was like crystal meth, heroin alcohol so obviously as we know marijuana not legal probably not that harmful she's not a doctor everybody Um, (laughs) nobody's ever smoked a joint and gone and had a fight Mm -hmm. or all of the things that you do that are negative when you're drinking and yes somebody's gonna say well actually this person did this but you know what I mean Stone yeah, people, I, I was always brought up, they're happy people. They like to sit on the sofa and eat cookies. But <laughs> that's such a taboo. Keep the kids away from the weed because weed is the gateway drug. It's like, no, mm. you're telling your children to drink a beer at home when they're 16 so that they can get used to it, so that when they go out drinking, it isn't that bad. But has that worked for any of us? Because we've been doing that for years. And then they say, oh, no, but hold on. In Italy, they drink wine at a young age with dinner. Yeah, but Italy doesn't have that sort of booze culture that we have where it is just, I think uni, for me, from what I've learnt as a non-uni student, 
just seems to be the place where so many people have that turning point where university shit the drinking really kicks off there Mm. and then we've got sport because nobody can go to a football match and not get pissed and then the domestic violence that comes in with that it's like alcohol is everywhere it is celebration commiseration you've had a stressful day you've had a great day you've just had a day it's at every single point in the day and it is just ignored because it is so glamorized because for us we have mummy wine culture it's so glamorous and we're so lovely and wonderful and then the lads have their pints and it's great and we need a beer and if you're not drinking as quick as somebody else you're the problem and it just doesn't make sense and then when you start to realize it and I can't remember who said it to me because lord knows I speak about this a lot but you feel as though everybody is inside the jam jar and they can't read the label and then as soon as you're outside of it it's so obvious I have two stepchildren and they now have a sober father and me sober activist (laughs) as a (laughs) stepmom so it's like they will get to have as much education as they can manage from me I mean their dad doesn't really care about sobriety he just does it so then that's like right that's two kids that are actually going to know what the truth is but how many people are sitting down with their kids and saying these are the problems that could come with drinking alcohol and also going back to the whole like alcohol and how damaging it is I always say to people in a million years you would never say right come on let's smoke a joint at home first so that we can get you used to it to when you go out and do it but how many people do you know that have smoked weed or even like come on little Johnny let's rack up a line of coke like everyone I know has done coke but it's just like and also nobody does cocaine unless they're drunk and again don't quote me because obviously some no but the vast majority you could definitely say the vast majority to be quite frankly honest it's just like I said as soon as you realize it and as soon as you start to notice how much it's just pushed upon us that alcohol is this amazing glamorous thing that the grown-ups get to do and don't you want to be a grown-up and have the drinking it's just like shit is that really what we're teaching our children but hopefully people like me can teach them it's interesting because my dad was a publican so I grew up in pubs I mean that was my first home was a pub I lived in yeah. pub one and I remember him not drinking a lot at all like I think mm. honestly in the whole time that you know he was alive I probably only saw him drunk twice maximum three times if I really you know and I always used to say I remember asking him once and I was like why do you not drink because you know you you do often hear that some publicans that's how they get into you know abusing alcohol and he was like I I see too often how much it has an impact on other people and how fucking annoying they can be yeah and I don't want to be that person and you know he works a lot the as you say the impact of the next day so Mm -hmm. See, I kind of grew up with a bit of insight. And even now, you know, my partner, he works for a brewery. I see, I just see alcohol differently because because he's yeah. a sommelier. It's more about the actual taste. Oh, yeah, fancy. You know, about like, you know, how that goes into, you know, how yeah. you can couple that with food and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, obviously the brewery does alcohol free as well. So it, it's, I don't, whether, I don't know if it's an age thing, but I've just gained an appreciation for like alcohol in terms of, what goes into it how it's developed and all that sort of thing mm-hmm. as opposed to you know as you said this the 
university culture of get it down you yeah you know and exactly. just get as pissed as possible because then you mm-hmm. can put a funny story up on instagram the next day just saying look how wrecked i am mm-hmm. but i think for me again whether this is because i follow a lot of sober pages i feel like more and more people are considering living an alcohol free life again i don't know if you think the same because understandably you follow a lot of sober yeah. pages but for example that bar that you and meg went to recently i've never heard of an alcohol free bar personally mm-hmm. i mean there probably is one in manchester that i'm not aware of but things like that do you think that we're moving in the right direction when it comes to you know making sure that people that live a sober life are comfortable and also you know rather than drinking is considered normal for society that actually mm-hmm. being sober as you said you don't have to explain yourself walking and go oh hi literally hi I'm sober <laughs> little plug for you there that's um, me <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know you shouldn't have to do that it's crazy because I would walk into a venue and go by the way I drink so it's 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 yeah. just sad that you you know you, you're made to feel like that so I don't know I don't know if you think that there is there is a bit of a movement for want of a better term there, there has to be. And I think if we look at two things, we can look at cigarettes, which I would say now are definitely in that section of like, oh, you smoke. It's coming to be now. We know more about it. You would never have doctors smoking at their desk, people smoking in planes. Nobody smokes inside because we know how harmful it is. So that's the side of education where you go into a supermarket you can't see the cigarettes they're behind a screen you have to ask for exactly what you want and then when you get that that's going to have a gross picture of what could happen to you if you smoke that cigarette we couldn't imagine now that being the case with alcohol so in 40 years time are our children going to be walking into tesco and it's like right i want a 2007 Pinot Grigio that one from there and somebody has to open a cupboard to get it who knows vegetarianism and veganism are two things someone's a vegetarian now nobody gives a shit they've got options on every menu they hopefully at most places can go in and not really get questioned maybe some dickhead there's always going to be a dickhead veganism is on the up there are so many options for people that want to live a meat-free life plant-based however far you want to go with it meat-free monday things like this where people are just it's like yeah well done but again with the vegans oh you're a vegan and god what do you eat and how do you get your protein like the stupid questions that's still coming but this movement of sobriety where Every pub you go to will have an option. It will probably be Heineken Zero. It's not offensive. It's not the best. Some places we go will have something on tap. And that's like fucking Christmas. When you get more options popping up places and then you get entire venues that are completely alcohol free and you just feel safe and understood there. There has to be a movement because, I mean, I know how much money Dave Tonks has put into the Sobar in Poole. Um, fantastic decor, by the way. But people, somebody wouldn't make that business decision 
unless they thought that people were coming. Mm. And I mean, if you look at, I mean, me, Melody Woods, I've got nearly 6,000 people that follow me on Instagram. Abby Feltham has got 60,000 people that follow her on Instagram. Those people care, even if it's a little bit, about what somebody is saying about sobriety. And that might be that maybe they want to stop drinking or maybe their husband drinks a bit too much or they're a kid and their parent drinks a bit too much. They want to feel like it's a bit more normalised that maybe somebody won't drink. And like with the alcohol-free options, the men at my work, and they are majoritively men, I get drinks sent to me every now and again and I get them sent to work because my postman at home hates me. Well, what's, what you got there, Mills? I said, oh, it's alcohol-free beer. Oh, what's that? I didn't know that existed. And their mind is blown. And I'm like, taste it, taste it. And I, <laughs> I made one of them drink an alcohol-free IPA the other day, athletic brewing, if anybody's interested. And his, he was just like, he said, if you gave this to me at a barbecue, I would have no idea. Okay. And then I say, okay, lovely. So if you maybe have three beers on a Friday night, one of those could be this because you're saying it tastes exactly the same. So it's those little things where I have to like get into people's heads and that's how you make the movement get bigger because not everybody is going to want to be completely sober. Some people are sober curious. But it's like flexitarians. Exactly, I've heard this word. You know, yeah, which, um, you know, I think maybe because I've been vegetarian now for, I've lost track, let's just argument sake, let's say six years. Um, And... I, honestly, I was a meat eater. It was like mm-hmm. lunch and dinner every day. I loved the meat. And that's not an innuendo. Sound and, <laughs> Yeah. And never thought I could do it. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to do it for a week, two weeks or whatever I originally said. And then I'll probably, you know, I'll probably see it's not for me. Yeah. But I just felt like my body, I was constantly tired. And I just thought, I remember watching a documentary on Netflix. I know I'm one of those twats. And I thought, do you know what? I'll just give it a go because I don't, I won't, don't, no unless I try mm-hmm. and I've never looked back because the amount of energy that I got as a result was so worth it um and I think as a result a bit like what you're saying with influencing not as in mm-hmm. you know in that sense but you know what I mean like my family now my mum and her partner they eat less meat my sister yeah. and her partner they eat less meat and not even because I've told them to I'm, I'm yeah. one of those people that, like I don't really tell people veg- that I'm vegetarian unless they mm-hmm ask although I've just yeah. broadcast it on a podcast but still it's just that's my choice but when people say to me I remember somebody said to me recently they'd decided to go vegetarian I mean for three months not even remotely the same and then they said but honestly so if you had a burger you'd go back and I'm like no no I wouldn't because I've done it not only for my health but also yeah. because I fucking love animals so no I don't think I actually would. Thank you for and jumping. And also, it's, and I'll get brownie points from you now. Um, I'm actually on day six of no meat. Not six years. Wait till you see the Oh, but still, everybody's I'm got just, to start somewhere. I'm not labelling it. I'm not putting any pressure on myself. I'm just, I realised that I was, eat, and this is another thing. I realised that I was eating meat very mindlessly. It was just habit, that that is just what we do. You put fucking chicken in everything and I don't even really like it so then I was like why am I I mean I am not an animal lover 
please listener don't turn off now um but really am i that much of a see you next tuesday that i'm gonna make something die if i don't even like it like that mm-hmm. seems a step too far so we're seeing what we can do but yeah just sometimes it's just people exploring things i think you know and, and i think that's the reason that i follow a lot of sober pages because i know that in the future i, I probably will consider it I, you know when you can just feel it that's what i was going to say about the burger person i for quite a while now have eaten vegan burgers at home just because i don't really like the texture of meat but actually a vegan burger when you get the good ones that you wouldn't know i mean every, everyone's gonna have a boyfriend they go oh, i fucking would know right kushti yeah you would know they are such good replicas mm. and that's why when i have the alcohol free options that i recommend to people it's like right do you want something that is just a lovely drink or do you want something that is going to make your mind think that you are drinking a beer because let me know and then I can give you exactly what you want and then like that person said to you if somebody said to me oh yeah but Mel's if you had a pint of cider you would go back and it's like a pint of cider is fucking beautiful nectar from the gods but it also makes me hate myself a little bit so I am more than happy to have this thing that maybe tastes one percent different but I know that I'm going to be okay afterwards mm-hmm. Like, take your burger and your pint and we'll just be all right living the life that we have chosen to live because it actually, we're not missing out on anything. No. That's the thing, like, always, people always make out that I'm missing out on meat and I'm like, I'm not missing out on anything. I'm still living a bloody great yeah. life. I get to eat cheese. That's why I could be vegan. But <laughs> oh, I get to eat yeah, cheese. Uh-huh. You know? I don't need favorite... meat. I've got cheese. What's your favourite cheese? It's difficult because I do love, ma- I love manchego. Oh, I love brie. Brie's mine. Oh God, I just love brie. Um, and also a little bit similar, but camembert. You can't beat just dunking mm-hmm. some bread in some camembert. But also, have you had that brie in the shops that's got like a little bit of Stilton in it or like whatever it is that's like a, an amalgamation of like brie, but it's like blue a little bit no, as well? No, I do need oh. to try that. Sounds great. Applewood <laughs> as well. I love applewood. Oh. Honestly, I can make a podcast about just... You'll have your sobriety one. I'll just have one about cheese. Hi, I'm cheese. Yeah, exactly. No, I do I do love cheese. But yeah, I, I don't feel like I'm missing out. It's a similar, you know, it's a, it's a similar concept, yeah. I suppose. If you think, oh, you're missing out on a steak. And I'm like, I never enjoyed steak anyway. Yeah. You know, I'm not missing out at all. Mm-hmm. So even though it's, you know, it's kind of seen as this almighty thing. It's like... Holy grail. Mm. No, thank you very much. Um, so to wrap things up, if somebody's listening and they're, you know, they're thinking about going sober or they're trying to give it a go, but they're not really doing particularly well, what would your advice be? You have to know in your gut that you really, really want it and why you want it. Because if it's wishy-washy, it's just not going to stick because it's one of the hardest things you will ever do. But it is so worth it. But there's no point. No, there's no point in trying if you're not ready you'll know when it is time don't tell anybody get a get a good few weeks in you before you start telling people because people don't get it but if you want to tell people tell sober instagram because we all get it there's too much like oh i've not had a drink in two weeks oh you don't need to quit you weren't that bad come on have a beer and that can rattle people obviously hide inside 
if you feel like you need to and to attach onto that your social calendar is never going to be clear enough for you to stop drinking so your best day one is today there's no point in waiting for the birthday to pass or the holiday to pass or June's leaving due to pass but like you did if you need to not go to those things because you don't think you can a enjoy it without alcohol or b get through it without alcohol just stay inside there's loads on netflix i'm watching snowpiercer write down how you feel when you're hungover because the trick with a hangover is the further away from you get from it the more you forget how shit you felt so that day after, when you hate yourself, you're wondering if everybody hates you as well. You're throwing up. You're not doing anything. You've spent loads of money on shit food that makes you feel like shit. Get that in your iPhone notes. Other phones are available. Maybe. <laughs> and just go back to it. Because next Friday, when you've had a hard day and you think you deserve a wine again, you won't remember how bad you felt the week before. Oh, I'll just tell you everything. There are people that are just like you who are doing amazing things in sobriety. It is scary, but there's so many of us that it doesn't have to be if you don't want it to be. Mm -hmm. And as I said before, there is just honestly go on Instagram and search mm. sobriety because there are so many people. And as I mentioned yeah. before, they're so supportive. That's why I love following mm -hmm. you all, to be honest, because I'm like... Yeah. I learned something new and, it, and as I say even if it doesn't directly benefit me yeah. my housemate um went through a period of of not drinking and it really helped me to understand you know how can I support her so I went to go and get yeah. this a tiramisu because I fucking love tiramisu and it had alcohol in and I just went oh I've got alcohol in yeah. and I was like I was gonna get a tiramisu but I'm not gonna bother you know things like that that I would have just instantly mm -hmm. gone well that doesn't count does it so I'm just gonna go to the counter and you know yeah. get that things like that that I've just never considered before Mm -hmm. And, you know, when she wasn't drinking, I wouldn't go, are you sure you don't want one because we're out? Think Just things yeah. like that where I've just thought, you know, it, it it does educate you even if you yeah aren't sober yourself. You know, you can really help other people. And, and it just simply by making them feel comfortable that yeah. they can be like that. If that's, if that's the decision I want to make, that they know that they can be comfortable around you, which, you know, if you're a good friend, you'd like to think yeah. they feel like that. Anyway, also, but... it's, like you said, it's it's not for you right now but I've had people say to me before I know that I will go sober one day and it's like mm. that's fine we'll we'll always be waiting yeah I'm just there waiting with my mug and a hug <laughs> well thank you so much for speaking to me because you know I've learned yet again more and more stuff that'll be taken away with the I think it's it's just great to be able to have this conversation and as I say for there to be a community out there that are also there to help anybody that that is considering it too I think it's great and for you to pretty much be the queen of the sober people you know that's what they say but if anyone's yes. listening and thinks like oh I want the sobriety thing but that girl is really loud and annoying there are loads <laughs> of people so take your choice choose whoever you want to choose um yeah more than happy love a message on Instagram so if anyone has any questions yes there are good alcohol free red wines no people never stop asking you why yes it is always better and to be honest if they're listening to this via me they won't mind an allowed annoying loud. person so Perfect. you know they love an opinionated gal clearly <laughs> that's why they're Don't here we all? Oh, now well th thank while you while we're here me. no no problem at all while we're here would you like to plug the podcast again 
and just tell us, you know, a little bit about the the mugs and the tote bags. I mean, I feel like I've just explained it a little bit, but you know, let's give you a moment so, to talk about them. The podcast is called Hi, I'm Sober, just as the ongoing joke that the first thing I will tell people when I meet them is that I am sober. There's a sort of, I don't know what the word is. It's a sort of play on it that I have created mugs, tote bags, and as of today, key rings and pin badges that just say, hi, I'm sober on them. So they're not necessarily, they're not podcast merch. They're not my merch. They don't say Merlot Free Melody anywhere, but it's just that thing that we can stop being ashamed of our sobriety and we can just wear it with pride and you're walking down the road and you're you're quite actually wearing a bag that just says hi I'm sober on it and seeing people send me pictures already and just that they feel that assured in their choice blows my mind and I'm so proud of everybody that buys them because they just know they've made the right decision and then they're more than happy to shout about it um so hi I'm sober the podcast hi I'm sober the paraphernalia find it on Etsy under my new shop sober swag thank you very much for joining me and thank you very much for everybody that has listened and if you've been here from day one I would kiss you if I could in person because we can now because there's no restrictions have ended so I can give you a big sloppy kiss next time I see you please do subscribe subscribe to mine subscribe to melodies you know just subscribe to all the podcasts aka just us us. (laughs) just us too